you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. With me again is Pastor Tony Miller, longtime pastor of Morningside Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. He's a pastor emeritus. He's kind of like my pastor emeritus forever, uh, but I'm just thrilled to have you, Pastor. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's good to be with you, and I've enjoyed you as a church member, and then the fellowship we get to have here on the yeah. radio. It's just great. It is great. And we were back in town for a couple Sundays and Wednesdays, so we got to see everybody. Got to see Pastor Miller in person there in church once in a while uh, he gets up and speaks or something and we get to see him online but it was a blessing to be in church with him folks we've been going along we started yesterday by reading this verse in Romans 8 1 there is therefore no condemnation no guilt no accusations there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so we've been covering that we've been and Pastor Miller's really illuminated for us. He shared a, a, a parable that he wrote with us and uh, and just talked about how that relationship is. We got a helper. We got a relative that's there. Uh, we're inside already, folks. We've, we've got a reservation in heaven. It's all worked out. There's no changes happen. But Pastor, as we were talking, uh, right at the end of our time, like a knucklehead, I brought up that the devil in one ear, the uh, godlike figure from 1960s television programs, 2,000 times in prime time between 1960 and 1969, TV presented that to us. But that's not what our relationship with God looks like, is it? Well, our relationship with God is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We do have the helper, the enabler, the encourager, and he'll guide us to what pleases Christ and God the Father. Yeah. And when we really look at this, if we think in terms of opposing dynamics inside of us, we have the Spirit of God inside of us, the third person of the Trinity, and that just boggles my mind. Mine too. <laughs> to think that the third person of the Trinity lives in me now. When I receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives me a new birth and dwells there with me. We're going to see that in Ephesians 1 later on in the, the week, but let me just say that we have a sin nature still, and that's the thing that confuses people. Why do I still have this desire to do wrong? I thought when I got saved, I wouldn't have a desire like that. Well, if you turn to Galatians 5 and verses 17 through 23, you see the flesh, the sin nature that's still in us, lusts against the Spirit. That's capital S, Holy Spirit. And the Spirit lusts against flesh. And that means they have contrary desires. So a person that's saved now is going to have a conflicting of desires between the Holy Spirit and their sin nature. And what we need to do, somebody says, well, there was a person got saved and they were confused because after two weeks of being saved, the person said, how are you doing? He says, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and he says, why do you mean terrible? I thought you got saved. You received Christ and the Holy Spirit's in you. He says, yeah, but two dogs fight inside all the time. Oh. And he said, what do you mean two dogs? He says, well, black dog and white dog fight him inside all time. He says, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, who wins? He says, whichever one I feed the most. Wow. And, you know, when we yield to the Spirit of God and we let the Holy Spirit have his way, 
he becomes the strong one and always wins. But we have to yield to him. And that's why in this passage it says, be led or yield to the Spirit. He, if you yield to him, he has a power greater than our sin nature or greater than Satan, and we'll win. Yeah. But we have to do that 24-7, every hour, every second, keep yielding. Yeah, and, and so many of these folks who are on with us today, I've mentioned to them in the past uh, that the best thing I can recommend to people who are going through life, period, I, I was going to say dealing with stuff, but even life is dealing with stuff, is that, you know, we need to wake up prayerfully. We need to be in the Word of God. Mm, we, yes. we, we we need to go to bed prayerfully. We, uh, you know, it's in the Army, it's about the manual. So you're constantly trying to memorize the manual and understand the manual. Mm. And in the Army, unfortunately, the manual changes, you know. Oh, so you have to go back and Not check. the Word of God. <laughs> the Word of God never changes. So uh, let us... Uh, uh, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I think that's where you're getting at. So that decision, right, that free will decision, we have to make. We still have a free will, and we've got to choose between our sin nature that's inside of us, which is a duplicate of Satan's nature. Yeah. If you stop and think about it, Satan's a liar, and our sin nature wants to lie. Our sin nature wants to hate. Satan is a hater. He's a murderer. And so... We have to decide regularly who we're going to yield to, and walking in the Spirit is yielding to the Spirit in the realm of being in Christ. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and, and you know, people ask the question or, or make the statement. It wasn't that long ago uh, I went out with a group at our church a couple of years ago. I was in town, and come, I, I just happened to show up when the group was going out, and it was an honor to go <clears throat> visit somebody who had visited or whatever. And I'll never forget this, this one young man. And you know, the years ago together, this may have been five years ago, brother, but I'll never forget the comment. And the comment was something like this. I've done so much bad in my life. I can't see no way back to God. Uh, it's forgiven immediately. Jesus paid for all of those bad sins. And when people give me that kind of a perspective, I ask them, oh, you're too bad for God to forgive you or to embrace you. Well, once you're in his family, and that's what I want to just say here yeah. in verse uh, 26 of Galatians 3, it says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So I put my faith in this son who wants to pay all my debt and clear it and never be held to the law. Yeah. Well, we're a child, we're a family member now. It's like that father told that girl in the parable, said, you're, you're, you're going to have our wealth. What is earned by my son, it's all yours. And so God isn't worse than the best of men. You know, we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more shall our heavenly father give a good gifts to us? And certainly no good father will kick someone out of their family and no good father will refuse a repentant heart of a child. They always embrace that and they're tendered by it. So yeah. we're in the family of God. That's one of the things about being in the sphere of Christ, being in Christ. It's that and, whole prodigal sin thing, yeah, prodigal son. Yeah, yeah and you, you, people say, well, I, I was just too bad. Well, Peter denied the Lord with cursing right before Christ was cursed. But Jesus took him back in and fellowship. He didn't bring him back into his family. He stayed permanently there. He didn't lose his apostleship in that case. Christ had called him to be an apostle, and he had intended to use him as apostle, and he used him mightily. Christ even forgave Paul. 
yeah. for murdering Christians before he His was saved. His own people. Yeah. Yeah, murdering Stephen, Christ. Stephen, one of the greatest uh, of preachers, all time. Yeah. yeah. Great preacher, a lover, a man. Uh, I mean, your, your sin is not too big that Christ's death is not bigger than it to forgive it. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, is what Romans 5 says. That's what it says. Now, now, brother, what would you say? So these people walk around and they they throw out this term, the unpardonable sin. And, uh, well, the unpardonable sin is something that was committed in Christ's time. It was done by religious people that were attributing the works of Christ that the Holy Spirit had done through him to the devil. And you can read about this in Matthew 12 and go look at it. So people that say, I'm, I, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin, just the fact that you're concerned that you did tells you you haven't. Yeah. Because those men that were committing the unpardonable sin, they didn't care. They wanted to kill Christ. They hated him. And so anybody that was concerned, but I personally don't believe that you can commit that because Christ is not on earth for us to attribute his works that he was doing in miracles to the devil. Yeah. That was a time frame of the New Testament. And I've had people get up and say, well, I had this thought right before I went to bed, you know, and I wondered if such and such a guy, Pastor Rod Bell, if his work was of the devil or of God. And I had that passing thought and I jolted me up and I, oh, I've committed the unpardonable sin. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. The unpardonable sin was what those hateful, unsaved religious leaders were doing at Christ's time, attributing his works to the devil instead of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a sin against the Holy Spirit that was done at that time. And, and the great news is we, you know, the unpardonable sin for us is not accepting Jesus Christ. So the sin that yes, stops that's everything right. for us right now in our times, as Pastor was just saying, is uh, an acceptance in Jesus Christ takes care of everything. And that's what we're talking about, being in Christ. So the opposite of being in Christ is being out of Christ. Yes, exactly. If you don't receive Christ, then you don't have pardon. Yeah. The, the real issue is that Jesus took our hell so that we might have his heaven. But if we don't take him, we don't have heaven. We're going to be in hell. Thank you, Lord, for that. And folks, here we are right up against the time again. Uh, we're just going to do a broadcast break as we do so often uh, to allow our broadcast partners to do what they have to do as far as commercials and things go. We'll be right back with you. Hang in there. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and unto good works, mm -hmm. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them over in Ephesians. And I love that you're using Ephesians as a lot of what we're talking about, Pastor. So, so where do we go from here? We know we're in Christ. What else does being in Christ do for us? Or well, it, get, when we get an entry into Christ by faith, we have the blessings of justification. And later on, we're going to talk about a number of things. But somebody countered them and said, 
there are 48 things that we use as terms to define the blessings that we have in Christ. We'll not cover that this time. In fact, when we talk about in Christ, there's over 100 verses in the New Testament about being in Christ and the things that are connected to it. But in Galatians 3, we talked about entering into Christ, blessings of it, the liberty, freedom from the law, and condemnation. We talked about coming into the family. That's one of the benefits of being in Christ. And identity. We're not a debtor anymore. You know, a lot of people identify themselves as a, well, I'm an alcoholic, or I am a an addict of some sort, or I'm, uh, I've got an abnormal mental condition. We as Christians don't get our identity by sin habits or some secular label. Our identity is in Christ. We are, as it says in Galatians 3 and verse 27, as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now we are clothed with Christ, and our identity is Christ. It's not our past sin. It's not, I'm a dope addict. No, I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ. Amen. And then we go on to see that there's an equality involved in this. A lot of people are racially biased in Christ. That takes all that out. We're on equal playing field spiritually. Because he goes on to say, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ. Yeah. And so equality doesn't mean that we all have the same roles or we all have the same spiritual gifts. Roles and responsibilities vary from gender to military generals to the enlisted man. But we in Christ are all in the same army. We're on the same spiritual plane accepted in the beloved one. And so there's one other thing in Galatians I'd like to say too. We're one in Christ, and one has the idea we're unity. We are one in Christ. We are like a husband and a wife, one flesh. In fact, the marriage relationship pictures this thing of being in Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory, one flesh. Well, that pictures the very fact that we are connected to Christ. We're one with him and one with other brothers and sisters in the family that Christ has paid their debt. Yeah, and the, uh, the Apostle Paul, on behalf of God, warns us in chapter 12 to prefer the brethren. It's uh, talking about not only are we one with other Christians, with other brothers and sisters in the faith, but God's saying prefer them. You know, there's enough junk in this world. You don't have to be going down to the junk dealer. So if you have an opportunity. Now, God's word never says uh, delete your family members or uh, delete your neighbors or anything like that. It's just saying prefer the brethren. But we have a different role because we're in Christ now, right? I, I have a different role in this neighborhood because I'm in Christ, right? Oh, yes. If you and I have Christ in any neighborhood he is the one that should dominate our thoughts because we're in the sphere of Christ's love. And so we want others to know that love. We want others to become brothers and sisters in the family of God. Yeah. And so that's why we are focused on telling others about him. You know, if like this girl that had her debt paid, if she had a, a million and a half paid off, wouldn't you think she would go tell somebody else about that? You better believe it. And see, our sins 
They're many, and they're big because they're against a big God. And if we only sin three times a day for 70 years, that's 70,000 sins. Yeah. A big debt against a big God, and Jesus paid it all. And so we'll anybody clear me out of debt or bail me out of that situation of the law being after me for a debt or the IRS being after me for a debt, they bail me out. I'm going to tell others about them. Yeah. Jesus paid it all the old hymn, all to him I owe. Mm. And, uh, you know, just, just understanding that, hey, I had this huge sin debt. It was so huge it separated me from God. And now it's all paid for. It's all covered. So, Pastor, where do we go from here? Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. You've been referencing Ephesians. You quoted Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship and created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And that's speaking about Christians after they're saved. The previous two verses say, For by grace are you saved, a free gift, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not of man's works, lest any man should boast. So we don't get saved by any works, keeping the law, doing good, joining a church, being baptized, paying our tithes. No, that doesn't save us. But then after we're saved, we will work for God, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good work. And that word is literally where we get the word poem, which meant a work of art. But in Ephesians 1, we start off, and the whole theme of Ephesians, the first three chapters, is being in Christ. And it says in verse 3, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, all the spiritual blessings you'll ever get from God the Father are in the sphere of Christ's person and his work for us. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I remember, I, I love this verse, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness verse seven. of sins. Yeah, according to the riches of grace. Years ago, I had a book on my desk. So years ago, I was on this White House inaugural committee, White House communications. And, and uh, this fellow, I, I wasn't even saved yet. This was back during the George H.W. Bush. But I look like, you know, I was... Uh, um, I was in a liturgical type of thing, you know, do this and you're okay. A works type of relationship. Work salvation. Yeah. And, uh, well, anyway, on my desk, there was a chaplain that was doing a Bible study on redemption. And he invited a bunch of us over, but he gave me this book and it was titled Redeemed. And I remember I mm. took the book and, I, boy, I didn't know what to do with it. So, you know, I, I laid it on my desk and for two or three days I looked at that book. And then, and then in one day... Uh, I remember this fellow came down. He used to own the Texas Rangers. And he came down and he sat on top of my desk and he looked at me. His name was George W. Bush. And he had nobody at the time, you know. He's the president's son. I mean, he's somebody. But I remember he looked at me and he turned around and he looked at the book. And I looked at him and I said, uh, you know, Mr. Bush. He said, no, I'm George. I says, uh, George, what, is it, what does it mean to be redeemed? And I remember his, his eyes glistened a little bit and he looked at me and he said, it means everything, Doug. I pray someday that you understand that meaning. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and folks, I, I think we miss this. That's why I'm so glad we're in Christ, because that's what this is all about. What does it mean? I mean, it means so much more than, you know, Pastor Miller's sharing as much as he can of the 48 things, but it's so much more, right? Oh, it's the whole shoot and match, all the wealth of God in Christ for us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ephesians 1 talks about this. And 12 times in verses 3 through 14, it uses in him, in Christ, in whom, 
and tells you specific blessings. And I'd encourage the people to read this because yeah. probably next time we'll go through some more of this. But uh, And let me just say that it says it, the spiritual blessings in, are in Christ. But then in verse 4, it says he chose us in Christ, it says, so that we would be blemishless and love spotless is really what he's driving at. So when God chose us, a lot of people get hung up on election. But the choosing was saying, you're going to be in Christ, and I'm determined that you will live a God-like life or a Christ-like life. And that's what we read here in verse 4. You know, I hate to do this, brother, but we got a whole verse 4 for tomorrow. Next week. No, tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. Uh, So, folks, make sure you're back with us tomorrow. We sure do love you. And what a great opportunity it is to look at what God has done for us to be in Christ. Smile today. Wear that smile that only God can give you because you're in Christ if you've accepted Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.